0: better for me and better for those things that i'm doing if they really are primarily for fun like i happen to make money from them and that's great but really doing them for fun
1: so hello and welcome to the grow your side hustle podcast the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to grow their side business into a second stream of income or into their full-time gig i'm your host jennifer roland Cadiente. Today, we're joined by Kate Lusco of the People, Place, and Purpose podcast. Kate has set up her life right now so that she's doing a bunch of side hustles while she figures out what she wants her main hustle to be. So hi, Kate. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks
0: so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Great. So I thought we could start with you telling us a little bit about yourself.
0: Sure. So I grew up in New Hampshire and have been a Granite Stater most of my life, spent a little bit of time hopping around, Uh, have always had kind of an entrepreneurial spirit and didn't necessarily know what that was going to look like when I was younger. I took time off before going to college to try and figure out what I wanted to do with my life. It's a big question, you know, to (laughs) figure out, I mean, not only how you're going to pay for it, but what you want to be when you grow up. Right. They took a little bit of time off ended up going back to school for business, which is like the most common college major in the country. So it doesn't actually (laughs) narrow it down a whole lot. Found myself, my first job out of college, I worked in finance in Boston and was there for, I think about three and a half months, got all my licenses and decided, you know what, this wasn't the right fit. I'm not great with like, this is when you come in and this is when you take lunch and this is how you answer the phone and all that structure doesn't necessarily fit well for me. So hopped around a little bit. I also, because I had taken that time off, graduated from college in 2008. So it was a pretty terrible economic time. Yeah was laid off three times in nine months which was a oh my lot gosh of, yeah, it was a lot i didn't really know anything different right but because <laughs> i was new but um and went on i don't know how much detail you want but went on to work for a couple of um, nonprofits. sort of my the shining jewel if you will i was the first employee hired initially i was part-time and worked my way up to full-time at a local nonprofit. so it wasn't my idea but i was able to kind of execute on this idea. I was there for about seven and a half years, then worked for a commercial construction company and another nonprofit after that, and then left a little bit over a year ago.
1: Mm -hmm. So what kinds of things were you doing at at the nonprofit and the construction company? So everything for me has always been
0: relationships at the core, right? So it's, you know, whether it was creating a board or volunteers or finding, you know, financial People to help contribute. Um, even when I went to the construction company, right, I was doing business development and marketing. And to me, so much of it, I'm sure, is technically sales, but you're just talking to people and meeting people right. and telling them about what you're doing. And if you love what it is and you care about it, it's just conversation. So it's those have always been sort of the fundamentals, is you know, when at that nonprofit where I was the first employee. People didn't know what it was. People didn't know what we were trying to do. It was brand new. And so it was a really fun time to, you know, I was also in my twenties, go to every event and meet yeah. all sorts of people and write, sort of just burn the midnight oil, but having fun while doing it.
1: Uh-huh. So when you decided to leave the nonprofit, what did you think you'd be doing?
0: So I actually, when it came time that I knew I was ready to move on, the organization was called or is called Stay, Work, Play, New Hampshire. And so when I knew that it was time and didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do, I had coffee and lunch with about 120 people. Wow. Yeah. And so just took the opportunity, you know, one of the biggest things I think I recognized is there's often things about ourselves that we kind of take for granted or don't know are different from everybody else until someone says hey not everybody is like that right and then it's (laughs) there's this recognition of oh i didn't you know i didn't realize Uh and so through all those conversations it helped me figure out kind of who i am and what i'm really good at and what i do better or differently than other people i ended up writing a like a blog post that i put on linkedin as it was almost like a like a dating ad for a job. like, here's who I am and here's what I'm looking for. And you know, it was approached by a few different people, and ultimately the commercial construction company where I went was the best fit. But mm-hmm. it was it was a really interesting journey because especially with stay work play, my my identity was really tied closely to the organization. So it was suddenly yeah. like, who am I? And you know, what am I going to do without this?
1: Uh-huh. Well, that happens so much when you're working in a nonprofit because everything you do is to push that mission. And it's really, you know, I think it would not be normal if that you didn't absorb some of that mission. Yeah, and I
0: think in some ways to be successful, which we were, you know, kind of embodying it was what had to happen, right? It, I just lived and breathed and it was my whole life and I I loved it. And so I think uh-huh. it was a great part in getting it, you know, into the view of other people.
1: Uh huh. So then, um, you know, what, how was it moving into commercial construction after that? Well,
0: right. So I was going from the nonprofit sector to the for-profit sector. yeah. And so there was a pretty big shift. I will say the culture at the construction company is just amazing. And so in a lot of ways, things weren't necessarily a shift, right? Because they do a lot to give back to the community and are really good Mm -hmm. to their people. And they do a lot of every I think it was once a quarter, it rotated internally, different departments would plan a company outing. And so they did a lot to bring their people together and build the relationships that way because there were people out in the field working on the actual projects and then people in the office who may or may not cross paths. Um, But a lot of What I was doing was similar. It was just for someone else. So I was going to events and representing the organization and taking pictures to share the work that we were doing. And, you know, so it was sort of not quite the same because it wasn't mine, if you will, but I was kind of embodying that brand and getting it out to other people.
1: Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that um, you kind of always had some side hustles going on. How did that work along those two jobs? yeah and so i've had side hustle
0: wise i started babysitting when i was about nine and even still babysit sometimes so it's (laughs) been (laughs) a very long time and i often tell people i've babysat for over 160 families which sounds made up (laughs) when you figure every family has what one to four kids that's a lot of children but it's just been a really long time it's fun and it's easy and so that's one i've done for a really long time a number of years ago i got my license for real estate to be able to help friends and family buy and sell houses. So that's been um, a fun little side hustle I've taught ever since I got my master's degree. I've taught at our state university, my alma mater. And so that's, you know, it's sporadic. Sometimes I'll teach multiple semesters in a row and then not teach for a year or two. And then I also got certified to teach yoga a number of years ago. So I sort of have all of these pieces that kind of come and go and, um, you know, sometimes take place more than one at the same time. But I've always been very conscientious about my full-time thing, right? Like that's where I get my health insurance and who's paying my bills and right, that's the part. The other things, you know... I do them all cuz I love them, right? It fulfills something in me to go teach a yoga class or to spend a night hanging out with a toddler and, you know, being silly playing games or whatever <laughs> it is, right? I feel
1: like it makes my life more well-rounded. Uh-huh. So, now that you don't have the full-time day job, what are you doing for for the money? <laughs> yeah well and so not for the money but
0: i launched a podcast in january and so that's been you know a super fun adventure but i'm still trying to figure out you know how what does monetization look like in a way that fits for it and for me right i was teaching uh at the college both last fall and then taught a couple classes this spring i've taken this fall off because of a number of travel commitments i was teaching yoga through up until a couple of months ago and then have Put that on hold for a little bit but have done quite a bit of real estate just had a closing last week for some good friends that both bought and sold in the same day and so now i'm sort of juggling those things but without the full-time constant piece Mm -hmm. so it's i mean it's a new journey in and of itself just because it's a different combination
1: right do you find that now that you don't have that full-time job income and health insurance to to fall back on do you find that that takes some of the joy away from your side hustles sometimes yeah it sort of it puts more
0: pressure to, yeah. to because i've always done them for fun and not you know even real estate i've never i don't advertise i have a facebook page for it but i don't <laughs> advertise it's just been word of mouth and because i enjoy it like i don't want to work with strangers or grouchy people or you know like i just want to work with people that i know and like or friends of friends and so it definitely changes the game a little bit when that's what's paying my bills as opposed to just being for fun. So I've been trying to figure out, you know, what does that look like? Do I try and do some consulting or some kind of project-based work that makes things a bit consistent while I figure out you know, what to do with this podcast and what to kind of create of my own business? But mm-hmm. yeah, it's tricky. There's, I mean, there's no, no right answer, right? <laughs> it's just a matter of figuring out what makes the most sense for me and then what's available to do that.
1: Right. So as you have, you know, turned these, these side hustles into kind of your main thing, how, how have you changed? How have you just, you know, thinking about what you want to do in the future? Yeah,
0: that's an interesting question. And I think it's been funny with all of my side hustles. It's never been, I don't, I wouldn't want to do any of them full time. Yeah. Right. Like, I love them for what they are, but I love them because they're sort of just, I don't know. I remember when I was a little kid, I played a lot of musical instruments and people used to ask me if I wanted to study music or be a musician or whatever. And I would often say like, no, I want to keep, it's a hobby and I enjoy it. I want to keep it in that place as opposed to making it a have to and adding that pressure. And so, I mean, I think longer term, I'm too much of a planner to sort of stay in the place without being able to predict income wise. Yeah. But I think also, I think it's better for me and better for those things that I'm doing if they really are primarily for fun. Like I happen to make money from them and that's great, but really mm-hmm. doing them for fun. So yeah, again, just trying to figure out, I I don't think going back to work for someone full time is necessarily the right thing for me, but. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know what I don't know what that new world quite looks like yet. <laughs> Do you see any lessons that you're learning from all of your side hustles giving you any direction? I think one of the biggest
0: lessons is I've always thought of myself, especially kind of, I think, in that entrepreneurial spirit realm as being very opposed to structure. Like I talked about my first job, you know, uh-huh. out of college and routine and like, oh, no, I don't like those things. Like I don't like every day to be the same. <laughs> but especially through talking to my guests who are entrepreneurs and just wearing the different hats, structure can actually be so beneficial, right? To sort of. Yeah decide the times at which you're gonna do things to help make you more productive and to keep, you know, there are times I stepped down, I was on a bunch of boards and committees and doing all sorts of volunteer work in addition, which I feel like is its own different side hustle. And it, as I've gotten older too, the switching of the hats takes a lot more energy. You know, it's yeah. harder to sort of be like, okay, who am I right now and how do I need to respond or what do I need to be doing? And so it's, it's not super efficient. And so adding that structure as much as possible, right? It can't be perfect. Right. You can't say I'm only going to do this job on Tuesdays. But <laughs> as much as I can, trying to add some of that structure has really been beneficial in keeping, keeping my brain focused and keeping things, I guess, productive in a really good way.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the structure when you're the one creating it, can be it doesn't feel as restrictive and as when someone else is putting that structure on you.
0: For sure, yeah. But I think I didn't. To me, it was all in one bucket. But yeah, yeah. To your point, absolutely. When it's self-imposed and it can be whatever you want it to be, and you can play with it. Like I think that's a big part of this too. Has been yeah. trying to figure out, you know, what's going to work for me. For instance, like I started not recording with guests on Thursdays because it's trash and recycling day in my neighborhood. And so it's really (laughs) noisy. But I've found that then I always know that I have Thursdays as just a day to work on things. And I look forward to that entire day. And so then that has made me think like, okay, well, it seems like that's a positive thing. So let's do more of that, right? Let's
1: create some more boundaries. Yeah. So as you look at yourself and you know your side hustles, you may not know what you want to be doing in five years, but what do you want to feel like your life is like in five years?
0: So for me, I love, I'm a, I'm a very curious person and I love exploring and meeting new people and hearing their stories and trying new food. And like, I just, there's something about that that really fills me up. And so that certainly has to be a piece right the the opportunity to we talked a little bit offline about you know traveling frequently maybe spending larger chunks of time in different places it would be fun someday to get like a travel trailer and take off around the country and still be able to do whatever the thing is while also you know getting to explore um for me it just feels like I'm I don't know taking advantage and some of it I'm sure goes back to that you know, I don't want to do the same like the same thing every day. Yeah. I don't want to just sit at my desk during the day and then go make dinner and sit on the couch and watch TV and get up and do it all over again, right? To me, that doesn't feel fulfilling. Uh-huh. And so the opportunity to explore and try new things is a big piece. So yeah, I think definitely that. And I think I've always wanted to feel like I'm having some sort of impact. So certainly relationships and connecting is a big part of it, but also doing good, you know, however, whatever that looks like somehow giving back or, you know, connecting two people together or introducing people to someone's small business or whatever it might be, but something that feels like I'm doing good in the world.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, the relationships, that's one of the things that I think is so fun about podcasting is you get to talk to all of these different people and learn what their experiences are like.
0: It's fascinating. I think people's stories are just fascinating. How they yeah. ended up where they are, or the things that they've learned, or the things that they value, or you know how they choose to spend their time, how they, you know, I talk to my guests sometimes about what a typical week looks like, and all of it, it's just so interesting. I could just, yeah. you know, I could just do that all the time, <laughs> just
1: hear people's stories. I know, it's so much fun. So one of the things that you mentioned that I think is really important is not wanting to turn a hobby into a have-to. So you know, what kind of advice would you give to someone who is trying to maybe pick their side hustle? And sometimes you think, oh, that thing that I love to do in my spare time, maybe that's, that's the thing. But then you might lose the joy of doing that thing. Yeah, and it's sort
0: of, I feel like it's opposing advice, right? Because most entrepreneurs would tell you the, the bottom line is you have to love it. Right? if right. you're gonna do it every day and you're gonna pour yourself into it and entrepreneurship is hard so you really have to love it and so yeah it's sort of a double you know i don't know what the right expression is but like two sides of the same coin i guess where you yeah. really have to love it but what if you love it and then you have to rely on it and it becomes less fun uh-huh. i mean i think plenty of people have made it work right they've found ways to either continue doing something that's paying their bills while they build up their side hustle while they figure out what that's going to look like while they you know even get to the point of being ready to hire someone else to help them so it's not Mm -hmm. all on them but i think you know being able to try it and figure out what about it lights you up and i remember back at stay work play when I was full-time, so after five or so years, and was hiring our first part-time additional employee. And the first thing I did was think about, like, what don't I want to do anymore? Like, if I could give something yeah. away, what would be the first thing I gave away? And so I built that first job around this one piece of going to college events and job fairs and that sort of thing that you know I did and made it work, but it's draining for me on my energy to sort of stand and just have those conversations all day. And so we think thinking about like what drains your energy, what brings you energy, what lights you up, and then seeing how you can ideally make it a perfect situation for you. I mean, certainly everybody's going to have to do things that aren't their favorite at right. times, but to have kind of that bigger picture goal in mind so that you really do get to do the parts
1: that you love. Mm-hmm. I love that idea of just what, you know, we spend so much time thinking about what do I want to do? But we rarely spend the time saying, what don't I want to do? What drains me? What is an absolute chore? So I put it off until it's a crisis.
0: Well, and sometimes I think maybe you can use those things to then decide what the business looks like, right? So maybe, you know, you... Hate spending time on social media. And so you build a business that doesn't require you to do that, right? Just because we think hmm. you have to doesn't necessarily mean that you do. And plenty of people are successful without some of those means. So maybe challenging some of those have tos mm-hmm. and also, yeah, being really clear around, I love this. I feel like there's a Venn diagram, right? Of sort of like, I love this and I'm good at it. Uh I'm good at it, but don't love it so much. (laughs) And then like, I'm not really good at this and I also don't love it, right? And figuring out what falls into all those buckets.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so many times the things that we don't love, like there is someone who does love them. It's, you know, it's like you were talking about the things that you thought that make you unique you didn't really realize made you unique. Everyone else has that too. Yeah, for sure. it's really, it's fun to try to connect with the people who can do the things that you're not great at and don't like and, you know, work together to make something great.
0: Well, and I think that's the ultimate goal as a business owner, right, is to, to be able to serve in the role where you're doing the things that only you can do. Yep. Right. No one else is you. And there are certain things that no one else will be able to like, sure, other people can, you know, pay the bills and do the taxes and whatever that, right. But there's some central piece that's really just you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it does take time to get there. And I think sometimes it's hard to think that, you know, you're adding another level of pressure because now you have to provide for an employee or multiple employees. Whereas if, you know, you have to tighten your belt, fine. You know, we do what we've got to do, but Oh, Someone else has to tighten their belt, too, because of me. Ah! When I've heard a
0: lot of people talk about that, especially around COVID, like the responsibility that fell on them as a business owner when, you know, suddenly they had however many employees and their families relying on them in a really uncertain and challenging time and what that felt like. Um, But I think, you know people get through it and they figure out i think one of the other big things which i always recommend to people regardless of whether they're working for another organization or themselves is to have a coach or a mentor someone that you can bounce things off of and can give you an outside perspective and challenge you and hold you accountable and all those pieces it's just so beneficial to have that that person and i think that person changes over time i've had a couple yeah. of different coaches for different reasons if you will and you know, I think there's sort of different people for different seasons of our life.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, you said that one of the things that you talk to people about on your podcast is, you know, what does a typical week look like? Do you have a typical week?
0: No, uh, no, definitely not. I mean, it, Yeah. I don't even think I have a typical day. Um, Again, adding more of that structure has been helpful in, you know, there are some days that I record, some days that I have like prospect calls, some days that I spend prospecting trying to find new guests for the show. But then other things, you know, last Friday I had two real estate closings. And so that took priority over the other pieces. So no, it. I mean, it's definitely (laughs) still a little bit all over the place. And I feel like it takes a certain person. You know, I've known friends over the years The example I always think of is, you know, if you work for like state government, probably it's pretty, you know, your days are relatively typical, maybe not the same Mm -hmm. every day, but the structure is there and the consistency is there. And so we think there are people who really appreciate that. And then there are the people who are, you know, I feel like it's just sort of another adventure of, you know, who am I today and where am I going to (laughs) be and what am I thinking about and some of it, too, for me, which is interesting, is the weather. Like, I know on a day like today where it's gray and cloudy, probably not my most creative. And so I've been working through my to-do list and checking things off and getting things done that don't require me to be in, you know, that certain mindset. So I think some of that flex flexibility and thoughtfulness comes, comes
1: in handy, too. Mm-hmm. So another thing that I wanted to go back to is you did, you said that, you know, you always put the priority on that full time job when you've got one. How have you managed that? When say you find a side hustle that's like so exciting, and so much more fun? How do you (laughs) how do you keep it from bleeding in?
0: yeah and so i think most of my side hustles at least have been different hours which i think just fundamentally certainly makes that easier but i think there's something to be said and i was mentioning to you offline i just saw something that talked about how side hustles are so beneficial for primary employers because like if for instance i went and taught a wednesday night yoga class when i went into work on thursday i I would feel amazing. Like I taught this great class and people said how much they loved it and how much it helped them, right? Like it makes me feel better as a person, which then will make me a better employee. I think it is different for me because I never wanted any of my side hustles to be my primary. And so there was not necessarily a risk that I was suddenly gonna (laughs) only wanna teach yoga full-time or only do real estate full-time and leave the full-time thing. I think it just added dimension to my life, the other pieces. The relationships right there are yeah. so many people that i've known in different parts of my life right that they've hired me as their real estate agent because i knew them from a volunteer gig that i had yeah. or right like there's so much of that crossover that to me that's beneficial too that it serves everyone well when you have those connections
1: mm-hmm. and i think the key word that you use there is dimension because it you know it just rounds us out as a whole person I know, you know, we were talking offline about how I've always kind of been a serial side hustler. Like I've always had a little something on the side that, you know, would fulfill me in a way that my day job maybe didn't. And I think think that's a really important thing is to just to be fulfilling yourself.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that I think it's only beneficial as long as you can manage it all, right? Yeah. As, as long as you can juggle the time and sort of manage having multiple things and giving everything the time that it deserves, it needs. And, you know, you're getting your work done at a primary yeah. job, that sort of thing, <laughs> right? Like those are kind of baseline pieces. But um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I always think that when I travel too, you know, there's gets to be this whole discussion about vacation time with formal full-time jobs. But yes. I feel like I come home energized and my perspective has been broadened. I've seen things and I've met people and all of that to me just then contributes back into the things that I'm doing and makes all of them better because I have new ideas and creativity and new energy and all of those things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, in America, we don't always value the importance of, of the time off and, and the rest to reinvigorate you.
0: Yeah, I hear a lot of entrepreneurs talk about, you know, not getting, not making whatever it is your entire life. So whether it's a side hustle or a business that you've created, like it can't be your entire life that that's not, but that's been our culture, right? In a lot of ways is sort of, you know, work as hard as you can and then retire and then you can have fun.
1: But right. Yeah, that's hard. It is. So, how many side hustles then are you are you managing right now?
0: So, real estate and the podcast are really the two. So, I'm not teaching okay. at the university. I am teaching yoga on an upcoming vacation, but I'm not teaching at a local studio. So, mm-hmm. um, but I'm also training for a marathon. And so, honestly, okay. I feel like that's kind of its own <laughs> yeah. side hustle, even though yeah. no one's paying me. <laughs> um, But I think that's part of the nice thing too is that the side hustles that I have I can sort of plug them in or take them out whenever it makes sense right so I'm not teaching this fall at the university because I'm traveling enough that it just would have made it too complicated and would have made it hard for me to be available to my students but you know come next fall things could be different and you know or yoga I could find a new studio to teach at or do some remote classes for friends or right like there's ways to sort of I don't know, to me, to have those side hustles be what you want them to be and they don't have to be everything all the time, right? I think right. unless, you know, if you have like a customer base that needs something on a consistent basis and you're worried about losing them if you step back, that's a little bit of a different story. But otherwise, I think that's one of the nice things about it is it's flexible and you can kind of have it be what what works for you at the time and what you want it to be.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, it really sounds like you're successful at crafting your work around your life. Now. (laughs) Yeah, and making it be what you want it to be.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, now that's definitely become my priority, but it wasn't always, you know, from, I mean, I did, I loved my work for so many years, but in a lot of ways it was my life. And I joke sometimes that it's why I've been single for so long, (laughs) because my job was my thing and I sort of missed out on those years of, you know, coupling up and having a family, like doing those things. but. I've definitely made it a priority now that, you know, certainly I want to keep doing new things and expect that I'll help people with projects and do that sort of work, but it has to fit with the rest of it right if I it has to, I've been saying location agnostic right if i'm in the Carolinas or I just saw something about how. Um, Portugal extended their work visas so people can stay there for up to a year and work remotely. And so I thought, oh, wow. how cool would something like <laughs> that be, right? To be able to go there and have nobody be any the wiser. And you can take those side hustles with you. Maybe not real estate, but I could go yeah. teach yoga there. Or if you're a dog sitter or provide child care or something, right? That That you can do those things in other places too.
1: Right. Yeah. So let's take a minute and tell everyone about your podcast.
0: Sure, so launched in January, the end of January, called People, Place and Purpose. So I have conversations like you with entrepreneurs, business owners, and I always say people living a life they love. So they're all over the country. I Just a couple weeks ago, had my first international guest who shares her time. She's from Canada, but shares her time between their visiting home, Holland, and she has a yoga studio in the Cayman Islands. So wow. that was kind of a fun opportunity to break outside the country. But I have conversations with people and hear how they got their business started and what it looks like and their advice and the lessons they've learned. And the hope is it's both the audience is entrepreneurs. So to be inspired by other people doing the work or those who have a side hustle and want to make it full time, people who want to support entrepreneurs, right? There's so much to be said for supporting small business and what that looks like. And I think I think we all have a greater appreciation when you know someone's story and what went into whatever they've created. And then people who just like stories. So, you know, I think, again, like we talked about, there's that natural curiosity and it's just fascinating to hear how people got from point A to point B with
1: lots of zigzags in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so people can find that podcast on any of their favorite podcasting apps.
0: Yep, it's all on those places. And then all the episodes, uh, it's peopleplacepurpose.com. So all the episodes okay, are great. there too.
1: Great. Yeah. All right, well, thanks so much for taking time to talk to us today. I've had a lot of fun and I know that our listeners are going to going to enjoy hearing about your story and how you're maybe taking a different approach to the side hustle than a lot of us might be.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me. And thanks for doing this. Like Again, I think it's sort of an under valued sometimes piece of life that you know i wasn't intentionally trying to get into but i think it served me really well and and if you get laid off or if you decide you want to change careers like you can kind of hang out with your side hustles for a little bit as you figure out what that next step looks like like it's really i think it's just such a valuable component in life
1: yeah i think so too our top takeaways today are to decide how much structure you need Some people need a lot of external structure, some people do better creating that structure themselves. Use what lights you up to see what you should be doing. But, as you're planning what your side hustle should be, try to avoid turning your hobby into a have-to, so that you lose all of the joy for doing it. And finally, ask, what don't I want to do? as you look at how to set up your side hustle and how to make it fit into your life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss any of our future episodes with other side hustlers and some experts to help you deal with some of those small and large issues that come up when you're running a side hustle. I'd also love it if you could share this episode with any of your friends that you think would be interested and leave a review and a rating in your podcast app. See you next week.